0: Before getting to the podcast, I'm letting you know we are running a huge July 4 sale and this sale ends July 5th at midnight central time. Essentially, you have two options. You can use discount code SMESH1, S-M-E-S-H-1, and that will give you the first month for $1. And the other option, SMESH2, S-M-E-S-H-2, and that'll give you 20% off the annual subscription, which means it's under $300 for the entire year. And with these subscriptions, you get access to every single Sweet Sounds of Fighting training program within the app, you get access to the private community and the Discord where we have a bunch of coaches and they're sharing things, and you also get access to all of the Sweet Sounds of Fighting online courses too, all the new programs that come out you have access to, all the updates, everything is part of that one subscription. So down in the description, there'll be a link for you to check those discount codes out and a link to where you can go and sign up in the app. But sit back and enjoy. Hey. Welcome welcome <laughs> to the Sweet Hearts of Fighting podcast today. We have my wife, Mona, on for the second time. Welcome, Mona.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No, thank you for coming on. And obviously, if people haven't watched the first episode Mona was on, I think it was episode number three or four, or maybe even five. So it was way back, and we talked all about mental skills. Mona is, I guess, an expert within the space of sports psychology mental skills um, developing I guess you could say mental fitness now uh, she's also a six times karate world champion among other sports crossfit games athlete all sorts of stuff going on there but so she's got a lot of experience competing at a high level in the space and has helped a lot of other athletes and I guess general population as well kind of work on their mental game whether it's for high level sport or even just club level sport um, to be able to perform so Today, we're going to dive into the topic, I think, they're probably most the most common, I guess you could say mental, I want to call it a problem, maybe an issue, that people face as a combat athlete, and that is imposter syndrome or self-doubt, um, and that might come about through you're going to compete, you may be competing at a higher level, maybe you just leveled up a belt uh, rank, jujitsu, whatever it is, and now you're going to compete at a higher level there, or maybe you're fighting your first pro uh, MMA, boxing fight, whatever it is, and you're taking that step up and you're having self-doubt or imposter syndrome with that. So, do you want to maybe start by defining, okay, imposter syndrome, what is it and, you know, what, what is, the, I guess, what is the cause of having something like this?
1: Now, the basically, the basic definition of having imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern of having constant self-doubt. Now, this constant self-doubt, what it will end up doing is, You will get athletes, like you were saying, maybe they just graded and they are a, you know, whatever belt. Um, They've just gone on to a new level. Um, It might be a person that is successful already. This might be a high-level athlete, Um, you know, an athlete who has competed on the international stage numerous times. Um, This can basically affect numerous athletes of all levels. Um, But basically what it will end up doing is when you have this self-doubt, often it will lead to things like anxiety when you walk onto the mat or when you walk onto like for me for me in my case being an Olympic weightlifter walking onto the platform um as a coach it might affect you know how you coach because now you doubt your abilities um and at the end of the day you know this anxiety will then also make you feel like you're a fraud even though you're not a fraud even though you've worked super hard to get to that position um Everyone that is in the same position as you, you know, you deserve that spot. You deserve to be there. um, But you feel like you don't deserve it. You feel like this is just given to you by, you know, or just happened by luck. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, this can kill, you know, how you do things. It can kill your dreams. It can kill your success. um, And then it can just affect your performance in general, where, you know, if you had to believe in yourself, um, now you end up doubting yourself and thinking you're not good enough, even though you are.
0: Is it just a matter of doing enough training and work and being so confident and familiar with all the different scenarios that, that you're going to be in, that that would be enough to kind of get rid of that self-doubt and syndrome? like, hey, I've done everything I can to prepare. I've seen every situation that could happen. Is it, do you still find that people still will self-doubt or is that even enough?
1: um if you are a confident athlete um you know then that's an amazing thing if you can you know walk onto that mat um if you're doing martial arts and you believe in your abilities and you know that you've done the training um that is a good start to basically if you had doubts it will kill those self doubts. but if you start thinking negatively or maybe someone mentioned to you that oh you know this person has been in this position for 15 years, and maybe you just got your black belt. Um, you know, then you start thinking to yourself, Am I actually deserving to be here? Um, you know, this person has been here much longer than me, you know, they should be much better than me. Um, so instead of actually measuring yourself against yourself and not against anybody else, um, you know, then you'll be confident, you'll be on your game. Um, but as soon as you start thinking negative thoughts, as soon as those negative self-doubts start to creep into your mind, um, that's when it starts to affect things. And at the end of the day, with imposter syndrome, um, anyone anyone will have imposter syndrome every now and again in their life. Um, may you be a top-level athlete, a business person, a coach. Um, those thoughts do pop into your mind. But it's what you do with those thoughts at the end of the day that matters, and how you perform.
0: So, so what can someone do if they start, uh, I guess, having negative thoughts, maybe leading into a fight or a competition, tournament, whatever it is? Is there, is it a bad thing to have? Is is it normal? Is it worth fighting? Do you just have to write it out?
1: No, it's definitely normal. And like I said, I feel like everyone has it every now and again in their in their sporting career, um, but. The main thing is to be self aware when you start to have these thoughts, because as soon as you are self aware then you know that this is not the thoughts that you should be thinking it's when it becomes so automatic that you don't even know what's affecting you and you go onto the mat and you know you start doubting your um doubting yourself and you're not actually sure um why you are doubting yourself and you're just starting to feel like I'm not good enough or I'm, um, maybe I didn't prepare hard enough or, you know, this person is better than me. Um, that's obviously when it's going to affect things. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Is there, is there something that you typically have someone do if they're having a lot of negative thoughts, maybe leading to a competition? Is there something that someone can do to combat this?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, again, when it comes to being self-aware, I often say to athletes, you know, if you are having these negative thoughts, the first thing to do is, you know, again, being self-aware, but grabbing a book, grabbing a piece of paper, writing these negative thoughts down. um, And it might sound cliche and it might sound, you know okay, I'm going to be diarizing, you know, my feelings and my thoughts or whatever. But, you know, there is a lot of evidence that supports, you know, people writing things down, especially if you can't go and see a sports psychologist immediately. If you can't speak to a mentor or someone that you know will, um, you know, potentially help you combat this. Um, The best thing that you can do is write these thoughts down because as soon as you see it on paper, often it creates that extra awareness of now wow, I'm really thinking these negative thoughts about myself. And often what I tell them is then rephrase these thoughts. So as soon as you start seeing what you're actually thinking, what would be a better thought to be thinking instead of, I'm not prepared or "Um, I'm not good enough or, wow, I just got my black belt. I shouldn't be fighting against black belts who've had their black belt for 10, 15 years, for example. Or, you know, now I'm maybe the new big thing and, you know, i fight someone who's been you know a world champion for numerous years and now you start thinking um you know should I be fighting this person like you know maybe I am just not good enough like I'm not gonna be able to beat this person because they just have so much more experience than me um that's so not the case so yeah I always say you know write things down because as soon as you see it it just it ink what you think it's the easiest way to start off doing those kind of things Um, and then having that positive self-talk you know and then start practicing those thoughts in training because often what ends up happening is you know if you start having these thoughts in competition um, and you don't have the mental tools to combat it then you're not going to be able to combat it immediately because you don't necessarily know what to do. But if you start implementing these mental skills tools in your training, then you know you can take this skill set to competitions. Um, And yes, you might still go to competitions and have these negative thoughts. But again, what's important is if you have these thoughts and maybe you had a bad competition, go back to the drawing board, go and reflect on how your competition went, you know, what went well, what didn't go as well, you know, don't be too critical, but go and think about the things that affected you in a negative way where you could do better next time.
0: What are some examples of rephrasing those negative uh, thoughts into those positive ones?
1: Um, okay, so if, again, using the, you know, the thought of, I'm not deserving of being here, being, saying to yourself, I work my butt off to get here. Um, And you can make it as hectic as you want, as powerful as you want. You know, actually, the more powerful you can make it so that you can believe it, the better it will be at the end of the day. You know, even if it's like, if yeah, you know, I I did this, I got myself here. Um, You know, um, I'm just as good as this person, if not better, you know, I'm... uh, Let me think of other ones. Um, Maybe if you start thinking thoughts of... You know, now all these people are looking at me, maybe rephrasing it to these people are looking at me because I'm a champion. I'm really great. So that's why these people are, yeah, cheering for me.
0: Nice. I think it's interesting as well, like different personality types might find this easy and some might struggle. So like, for example, like if we look just from the outside in, if you look at someone like Conor McGregor, right? Very... Out there, I guess you could say extroverted personality. With that, wears that on his sleeve all the time. That's kind of like his persona. That's, I guess you could say that is built into his personality there. But what about someone who's maybe a little more passive? Like these thoughts might seem to them like they're being too cocky or too arrogant. Is there is there a middle ground here? Is there a way that someone who is maybe a little more passive and doesn't quite like that that they can still use these tools, or is there a way they can go about it?
1: I like how you mentioned Conor McGregor because even watching his documentary the other day made me see how he is a different person, for example, when he's at home and when he's with his family and in general life. But then when he walks into the ring, he's a totally different person or when he prepares for his fight, he's a totally different person. He's got this persona where He takes no bullshit. He just, you know, um, he believes in himself. Um, Some people might say he's arrogant. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, that's what made him him. That's what made him great. You know, he believed so much in his abilities that he knew when he walked in there. Um, You know, even if he wasn't the better athlete, like he would tell himself that he's the better athlete so much that I'm 100% sure that he walked in there believing every single time that, he is the best. Like, this guy is a nobody. You know, he's the one that everyone's there to watch. Um, And, like, if you can create that persona about yourself as well, especially if you are, like you said, um, you're more an introverted person. Now, I'm more an introverted person myself. And... What I used to do with Olympic weightlifting is, I used to watch videos of, there was a really great weightlifter, world champion, Olympic champion, um, you know, just an amazing athlete. But when he walked onto the platform, he was super aggressive. He walked on there with confidence. He walked on there like he owned the stage. And I adopted that persona when I would walk on stage and it made me a different athlete. You know, I believed more my abilities. I believed I was, you know, like the female Ilya Lin. Um, and I, I would literally even before I would go onto the platform at competitions, I would be watching some of his YouTube videos to get, you know, that persona like in me and, you know, get myself psyched up. So, again, I had to do this over and over. I had to practice this in training. I had to, you know, start to believe that, you know, this is me. I am this confident athlete. Um, and the same thing, you know, with people, um, in the martial arts world, like as soon as you develop a persona, it could be a persona of, um, maybe a person that you admire. It could be a persona that you just totally reinvented yourself. Someone that maybe Maybe you're a soft person, you're not really aggressive, but now when you walk onto that mat, you automatically turn into like a dragon or, you know, like a tiger or something that, you know, something that's just going to like make you a whole lot different to what you are normally, but in a positive way that's going to make you perform better. Um, And that's also a really great way of dealing with imposter syndrome. Um, You've got this other persona because now you believe when I'm this person or thing, you automatically just have more confidence and you go out there and you just just do it. Because at the end of the day, with imposter syndrome, when you start doubting yourself, you end up pulling back. You end up not taking the risks. You end up feeling like, you know, maybe it's better if I just not do it. Maybe it's better if I, you know, don't give my 100% best. And you keep so much back of yourself that you end up not performing um, to your best ability.
0: I like that that persona. one. I don't. You don't really hear anyone talking about creating a persona for competition. I don't know. I don't know why. It's it's really interesting, especially for as you mentioned for maybe the more passive or introverted people, where you don't want to have like your personality. You don't want to be seen like that. You don't want to be seen as the arrogant, cocky one, or whatever it is, um, and kind of show that confidence. But if you have a persona, that person's not you.
1: Exactly. so you can
0: so you can be aggressive be whatever it is but then once you finish with your tournament fight whatever it is you're back to whoever you are yes and you can kind of have that separation so you can kind of channel I guess some of the traits that you want and need to be able to perform well in a fight but how can how can someone go about developing their own persona I'm, I'm assuming you can't just go one day and be like okay I'm now going to be this person and then every time you go onto the go into training or into a fight or competition that's just going to be you know working i'm assuming it's something that you have to somehow train into you
1: yeah definitely it it takes time it's going to take you know development it's going to take you know tweaking a bit because it might not work for you you know again you might be an introverted person and now all of a sudden you are trying to be this persona that actually affects you negatively so again it's so important to practice this in training and see if it works and also give it time give it time to um you know for you to get used to it give it time for you to um make it a part of the person that you are so that you don't just do this just before competition and all of a sudden you get so overly psyched up that when you walk onto the mat or like in my case a weightlifter walk onto the platform and you actually feel flat and depleted because You've just been putting so much effort into being this persona that it just doesn't work for you. So, yes, there's trial and error. Um, and what like you what you mentioned as well, like the reason why I think also a lot of people don't do this um, is just because people don't know about it. I don't think it's something that, you know, a lot of people speak about. Um, I think some people think if they do that, um, that's when they are a fake or they don't want to come across as Mm. as arrogant Um, but again you can create this persona it doesn't mean that you have to create a persona that's now going to be a cheater or someone that's going to not be doing things to the book um, or someone that um, is going to create this image of something that is just Totally, totally not you. Uh, You still have to have your personality in there as well because I feel like your personality is still what makes it unique at the end of the Mm. day. You can't 100%, especially if you try and copy someone else's persona, Like you can't go and 100% copy that person's persona because that's not you Um, and it might not come natural. So by adopting some of their traits and then combining it with your good traits, I feel like will make the best um, person at the end of the day
0: that's a, that's a good point too yeah instead of just trying to create a whole whole brand new person integrate it within within yourself obviously a good example we heard the other day Beyonce she, was she Sasha fierce when she goes on stage that's her stage persona so even outside of sport people are using personas to perform and that's and that's definitely something that that you can look to integrate but how do you go about practicing your persona? Without pissing off your training partners, because I could imagine if you're coming into sparring a training and then suddenly you this whole new persona of training and you're just aggressive or whatever else, you know, your training partners you know might not be happy about that. But is there a way to kind of still develop and work on it while at training without being too much of a prick?
1: Yeah, that that's a good question. <laughs> um, I feel like it's again. It doesn't mean that now you have to become arrogant and you have Mm. to now go and, you know, beat your partners to the death, you know, when you do (laughs) your sparring against them, you know, still do things like, according to the book, still do things, you know, um, how you would normally before. But if you start to implement these things slowly, but surely you're not going to go one day from being, you know, the super shy person to all of a sudden being the super aggressive, whole Mm. new person. Um, I guess, you know, you can do it, but. It might not feel right. Um, and I'm sure some of your your training partners and stuff might call you out on it. But at the end of the day, if you are doing something that's gonna enhance your performance in a good way, um, your training partners should be for it. You know, they should be people that encourage you. Um, you know, you can even tell them, I'm going to start becoming more aggressive, I'm gonna start believing more in myself because I believe I can do it. I'm doing the work and what I feel like is lacking in my abilities is my confidence. So I am going to change the way I do things when I spar, when I compete. um, And I feel like, again, when you have training partners that are, you know, on the same page as you, these people should actually be there to help better you. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, they are there to, yes, They are training partners, but at the end of the day, it's you stepping onto that mat fighting. So you have to also do what you believe is right.
0: Yeah, you can always ask, like, if you're going to, you can always tell your training partners that you've got a competition coming up and you want to roll or spar whatever hard rounds. And you ask them if they mind, like, you know, if you can go hard and do those things as well. Because most people are okay with it, you know, as long as you're not coming and doing something stupid. But, you know, if you're rolling comp rounds, then, or even competition classes, people understand
1: you know, yes. it's a combat
0: sport and, and those things happen. But with the persona as well, like obviously you can dial up maybe the assertiveness, the aggression, and that positive mindset. But can it go too far? Because there's I guess you can also be overconfident, right? Like even if you're just even without a persona, you can go overconfident, like, oh this is just, this is gonna be easy. I'm facing a I'm facing a guy, you know, about level below me or has only had one one amateur or professional fight and i've had five this is going to be easy i don't have to you know train as hard do as much whatever so is there is there a way where people can push that too far and be too confident
1: well i think that mentally if you do what you just said now um you say to yourself i just don't have to prepare as hard um you know we've seen this often in team sports like rugby and stuff you know they'll go into they might be a really good team but then when they play against a team that's maybe not really that good. um, It's like they lower their standards. And if that person starts to play better than them, it affects them. It affects them mentally because now they are thrown off their game. So I feel like you can never, you still need to do the work. You still need to go into every single match knowing that you did all the work possibly you can because it also has to back up that mental side. You know, having that amazing confidence and believing in yourself but not doing the work again it doesn't go hand in hand so you need to still do the work you need to still do the physical preparation the skill preparation you need to go in there knowing that you've got um you know all the physical tools behind your belt you have to go in there knowing you've got all the mental tools behind your belt um or under your belt and then you will go in there knowing that i've got all the skill set to go in there and make this an easy one um but yes, 100%, it does happen to the the best of people, you know, you might go into something thinking, okay, you know, this athlete is not really that good. Um, you know, maybe they haven't been doing the sport as long as I have, or maybe their skills aren't as advanced as mine. Um, and then you go onto the mat and you start rolling and all of a sudden this person comes with a whole new skill set that throws you off. But then again where where imposter syndrome can then start to creep in because then you will start to doubt yourself. You will think, oh, you know, oh crap, what now? What am I going to do? You know, this person is now throwing me off my game. You need to go and recenter yourself and know that I am good enough. You know, yes, it's going to happen that someone is going to surprise you every now and again, but you need to focus on yourself. You need to know that I did do the work. I am ready and then go and actually execute what you've done.
0: Yeah, well, coming back to a little bit of the negative self-talk stuff, I think it was, I think it was John Jones before one of his fights, mentioned that he imagined every possible scenario that could happen in a fight, or all, all the negative stuff. So he'll imagine that you know get his arm broken, get knocked out, get choked out, whatever it is, and imagine all the worst of it, and then essentially be, I guess, okay with it. So obviously that that will be an example of. I don't know what that would be self, but it, that that would be considered negative self-talk in a way. But is well, that something
1: visualization? I would say more. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Is that is that something that you would, like you say, recommend or have someone do before a fight? Or and if so, why?
1: Yes, I would. um Maybe if you had to ask me ten <laughs> years ago, I would have said no. But, you know, knowing what I know now and experiencing what I've experienced and seeing what I've seen with athletes and, you know, how there's now a lot more, um, uh, you know, they've done a lot more research behind these kind of things. You know, you actually visualizing when negative things happen as well and then visualizing what you would do if these things happen can prepare you even more for the fight, for example, if you are a person who only visualizes the good all the time. Um, you know, yes, it's got a lot of positive aspects to it, yes, it can make you confident, it can make you believe in yourself, which is what you want when you want to step on that mat or in that ring at the end of the day. But if something does go wrong, it often throws that person off the game completely. But if you already know that if this happens, if that happens, um, this is how I'm going to react, this is how I'm gonna react then you, you almost go into that fight super prepared, knowing that you are ready for anything and everything that gets thrown your way. So I definitely believe it's important to do that as well. But then you also need to make sure that, again, you do visualize when things go right. You do need to visualize, you know, you being successful. You do need to visualize, you know, the belt being handed to you when you win that fight, Um or you performing a skill that you've never done before? Maybe you just started it in training. You need to visualize that skill over and over in your mind because then when you actually do it again, it will feel like you've done it a million times.
0: Yeah, but I guess the, the question following along that as well is with the, I guess, the visualization of visualizing the negative things, how, do you, how would you recommend going about it without getting fixated on that? Because I can imagine someone visualizing some of these negative things that could happen in a fight but then getting fixated and get stuck in a cycle of just thinking the negative negative stuff so is there maybe a timeline where you would like okay maybe it's four weeks out or something you're maybe going to look at that and kind of only positive stuff or I don't know, how, how would you go go about doing that
1: well I feel like if you visualize the negativity or the negative aspect or the thing happening and you visualize yourself reacting to it negatively then i believe that it can have that negative effect Mm, but if you visualize yourself being you know on on your top game no matter what this person throws at you say this person goes and if you're a boxer and he does knock you out for example and it is but not a ko like he knocks you out you get up Um, how are you going to bounce back? Um, you know, just having almost like that bounce back mentality of knowing that if this happens, this is how I'm going to react. So then always having a positive scenario at the end of it, I feel like it's still positive. But if you go and see yourself performing negatively, losing, you know, the person beating you up, the person, you know, uh, having you tap out or whatever, then I believe that, you know, that's going to have a negative impact because you're going to go into that fight, believing that that person is better than you. That person will do that. Um, and I feel like you just go in there not believing in your abilities at all.
0: Along that, along that lines, obviously visualizing all the negative things, like for example, being tapped out or knocked out, there's no, I I guess, positive side of it to, um, reinforce that. So obviously, for example, that John Jones example, he visualized all those things happening and then I guess I guess the outcome of that if you're gonna do that is you're okay with it and then kinda of leave it. Would would that be kind of the the way you would go?
1: Um, I would say, for example, if a person gets you like I don't know the jujitsu terms, but if someone gets you in a choke position or something or in a leg lock because of things that you've said before, <laughs> you know, I would imagine myself or visualize how I would get out of it. Um I won't visualize myself losing, but if I had to lose, I would definitely, you know, I feel like in any competitive athlete's mind and how, you know, how they feel and how they react, no one will be happy about a loss and no one will walk off immediately feeling like I'm okay with this loss. Um, because I feel like if you do that, it's not, I mean, yes, you probably do get people, but then it's almost like you expected it in the first place. Mm. But if you go in there with that mentality of still, you know, if this person gets me in a, in a choke, if this person gets me in a leg lock or, you know, this person knocks me out once, you know, and you have those like kind of scenarios in your mind already of like, this is going to be my comeback. This is going to be my comeback. You know, that's actually how you're going to be reacting in the fight itself. Um, But then say again, you lose. You walk off that mat, you know that, you know, I gave every single thing in my ability. Yes, you'll feel sad. Yes, you'll probably feel, um, you know, all the grieving symptoms that you will feel. You'll feel angry. You'll feel disappointed. And then at the end, you know, you'll accept it. Um, But again, the important thing is then to go and reflect on what didn't go well um and even if you have to revisualize that fight if maybe you don't have it on camera or if you have it on camera go and review it look at things that you could could have changed but then again a good athlete will also look at these things know what they need to change but then also know when they need to leave things behind in the past um you know you can go and review things that you need to work on but you can't fixate on that loss you can't now think this loss has now defined me as a person because it hasn't it's a loss and often it sticks with you as the athlete longer than what it sticks with other people and you might think people now perceive me as a loser or people might perceive me as you know i'm not good enough or i'm this person you know that tapped out or i'm whatever um but people don't people move on with their lives people go on to watch the next fight people go on into you know believing in the next person like people don't fixate on what you as a person has, has done i feel like you as the athlete you are the one that will carry that with you so you have to be the one that says to yourself okay I did lose. What am I going to do to change this in the next fight? What am I going to do different? How am I going to prepare different? And then just be like, this is now the past. I'm leaving it behind. I'm now going to be working on to become a better athlete in the future.
0: No, oh, I like that. And you talked about recentering as well. So I can imagine someone who is creating their persona maybe goes into their first tournament fight, or whatever and maybe he gets you could say knocked out of their persona maybe something happens that <laughs> that i guess was unexpected or something it just something doesn't go their way and they end up losing i guess that maybe new assertiveness or aggressiveness or whatever it is of that persona and they become themselves again so <clears throat> obviously that you have i think you have some recentering yes. tactics or techniques that someone could use to maybe switch them back into their persona if they get if they lose it
1: yes now when this happens especially if it's in a fight you have to be able to like you said recent yourself but almost immediately you can't take 10 minutes to <laughs> go and recent yourself or walk around because you might have to do it like in basically split seconds um so what i do um advise these athletes or what i do recommend is you know to have these little letting go techniques so that you can bounce back really quickly um and you can bounce back really quickly in a match um and even the same thing in in weightlifting it's letting go of what you've done or what has happened immediately and moving on and being that persona again, believing in yourself, knowing that, you know, this person knocked me out. It's not going to rattle me, um, even though it does a bit like, you know, you just have to let it go as best as you can and move on. But the the exercise that I love giving athletes. Um, and again, I would recommend you doing this in training so that you have this little technique figured out for already so that when you go into your match time, you don't have to think about it. It's just going to be happening automatically. Um, Now, what I always suggest is, you know, you can have a little keyword, um, a little phrase that you say to yourself, it could be, you know, let go, um, you know, uh, confident, whatever it is, it could be like, I'm an animal or whatever's going to get you to refocus. So I always say have a little phrase, have a little word, then have a little um actionable thing that you can do so it could be if you've got mitts on say you're a boxer um it could be you just rubbing your mitts it could be rubbing your pants um maybe you um let's think maybe you click your fingers it could be whatever works for you so have that little uh physical gesture and then immediately after that you know take a deep breath once or twice and then let go um you know very short very powerful um you know again, practice in training, and then this is your little let go technique that you can do in order to just immediately come back to reality and really like, okay, this is me, I'm still in the game it's I'm not lost or oh, i'm I haven't lost this fight yet um I'm gonna go out there and do my best, and I can I, and I can yeah. I can
0: imagine it takes a while to really have this instilled as a natural reaction or habit. How long would someone realistically need to be doing this in training for it to really translate into a competitive
1: fight? Well, if you think about it, it takes as long as what you are going to train, be training your physical skills. It's not something Mm. that's gonna happen overnight. It's not something that you're gonna master in a week. Um, you know, you need to train this for weeks and weeks and months and months and have the same little let go technique. Like I said, it must be true to you. It must be the thing that you know Without a doubt, like if someone wakes you up in the middle of the night and something happens and you need to do your little let go technique, you must be able to do this without out even thinking. So however long it takes you to do something automatically <clears throat> and not think about it, that's how long it's going to take. So for some people, it might be a week. For some people, it might be a month. For some people, it might be six months. It depends how much you train it in your actual training sessions. It depends how much you know you make an effort into um you know, just doing this with intent. Um, and yeah, every single athlete is different. So you just have to, you know, keep practicing and until it becomes that automatic gesture.
0: What's the difference between someone creating a persona, so they have their persona, so they are more aggressive, assertive during their fights or tournaments, versus someone who's trying to use past traumas, I guess, to psych themselves up in a fight. So one example was recently was Anthony Smith in the UFC. And uh, he had someone break into his house with his wife and kids at home. uh, I don't know how many months before that fight, but not, not too long ago. And he was talking in the fight to his opponent saying that he came after his family. You came after my family almost to try to psych himself up in that fight, which was interesting to see. Now, obviously that's, it's almost a way of trying to incite that assertiveness and aggression, but it's not a persona. It almost seems like that would be more negative than positive. What's your take on that?
1: Um, I feel like it depends on the athlete. Um, You know, if you envision negative things all the time um, and it depends what kind of negative things. I mean, if you go into a fight and you're a fighter and you imagine that you know, this person is the person that's broken into your house, um, and that gets you so psyched up and into the zone. You know, I feel like that's okay to have, but I feel like if you only have negativity always being the driving force of you becoming, you know, a be- uh, a better fighter or someone that's going to get you into the zone. Um, you know, again, that's just more of a personal opinion. I feel like it can, can become toxic um, because hmm. you don't have anything positive that's driving you to become a better athlete? Or what happens if, you know, say that thing does happen and say, you know, um, or or you start thinking positively. Um, You go into a fight and you're like, man, I just feel really good today. Um, Is that going to throw you off your game? Um, I feel like you can't just have one little thing that's going to be the driving force of you being a Mm. good athlete. Um, But again, I feel like as well, if, if it's something that works for you, and it's something that you know is going to make you be the best athlete that you can be um and when you walk into that ring you see yourself as a protector you see yourself as you know wanting to make sure that you are going to make sure that your family is safe um and that gets you into your zone then that's going to be the thing that you know drives you to become a better athlete
0: No, i, I like that yeah I, I guess it is very individual with some some athletes thriving on i guess more negative thoughts to get them going and then some more more positive thoughts to get them going and it's just i guess maybe a trial and error for most people to to figure out and if someone's going to play with this stuff or i guess try and implement more of these mental things within their uh i guess competitive sport where when should they start doing that is that um obviously we mentioned through training but obviously through sparring as well then that's where they should kind of uh trial everything
1: Yes, definitely. You should be starting your mental training. Um, you know, if you are months out of a fight, you should be starting your training. Um, your mental training and your physical training should be one. Um, because at the end of the day, like I said, you want to make it automatic. You don't want to come the week before competition and be like, okay, I'm going to start visualizing. I'm going to start self-talk. And you start to do all these things. And by the time it comes to you, you um, getting ready for fight day, it could become so mentally draining that by the time you walk onto the mat, you are just overwhelmed with not knowing which is the thing that you're going to use. You know, are you going to be using self-talk? Are you going to be visualizing? Are you going to be doing breathing techniques? And you might want to do all of these things and you don't really know which is the one that works for you. So again, I always say, you know, find something that works for you, even if it's just one or two mental skills, even if it's you having a few affirmations. Or, you you know, the way you speak to yourself, if you're an athlete that does maybe get a bit nervous when you do step onto the mat, you know, it might be breathing techniques that you do, um, you know, practice these things in training so that, you know, by the time fight day comes, this is all the way, the same way as your skills are automatic. You want to make sure those mental skills are automatic. Um, But I did want to come back to your your question that you asked earlier about, you know, having these negative uh, thoughts and, you know, how how do what is my opinion around you know athletes going on to you know if they use that in order to psych them up and it actually popped into my mind as well like i've known a lot of athletes that come from poverty for example and that used to be their driving force because they knew that if they didn't give their all they are not going to have money to put food on the table. They know they're not going to be able to support their families. Um, And a lot of times this is their way of fighting out of poverty. Um, And then you get some athletes then as soon as, you know, they start to become famous, um, fame starts to creep in. They start to become, um, you know, a lot more well-known. They uh, start to make a lot more money. Um, Their attention starts to shift because now they are on camera all the time and they have to... Um, basically live the high life, you know, sometimes this can be very overwhelming for athletes. And then that's more where, you know, you don't need to go back thinking that you are this person that now lives in poverty and that you are, you have to think all these negative thoughts that, you know, if you don't win a fight that you're not going to be able to put food on your table for your family. Um, that's again, where in time and as you develop as an athlete, so can the things that drive you to become a better athlete.
0: I like that. So it's, it progresses with you as you go through your yes. your career as an athlete. I, I really, really like that. And and around um, some of actually forgot what I was going to say. I'm, I've got Mia here distracting me, <laughs> feeding feeding her bottle around this. But if someone's listening to this and they've got, maybe they're, they have a little bit of imposter syndrome or self-doubt or something like that, what are the first, I guess, few or three, three actionable steps someone could take after listening to this podcast to start implementing, I guess, these mental skills to be able to, you know, get rid of that self-doubt and their imposter syndrome and start to perform at their potential.
1: So I feel like when it comes to imposter syndrome, it's one of those things where I always feel imposter syndrome when I know I'm going to be doing something big. Or I know I'm going to be doing something great. Or I know I'm going to be pushed out of my comfort zone. So for me, feeling imposter syndrome, I have these two choices. At the end of the day, I can either, you know, feed the voice inside of me that says I'm not, I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve to be here. Um, or I can feed the voice inside of me saying that you are. Amazing, you are, you know, the best coach, or you know, you've done all the work, you are successful. Um, so, it's what you do with it at the end of the day that matters. So, when it comes to having those self doubts, take action immediately. And I have learned this as well the hard way. Um, I've had um, imposter syndrome like many times in my career as an athlete and even as a coach. And to just give a, a quick example, um, I was coaching over the weekend and I was coaching my athlete at the USA Weightlifting Nationals. And because I haven't coached in person for a little while, at first I was thinking, am I ready? Am I going to know how to count? Am I going to know how to tactically do these changes? Am I going to be able to psych my athlete up? Am I going to be calm for my athlete? You have all these thoughts running through your mind and then it, it can affect the way you coach. But before I went to my coaching, I said to myself, I know what I'm doing. I've done this for tens and tens of years. Um, I know I'm a great coach. I, I will be able to handle any scenario that gets thrown my way. So I basically went into that competition like head first, knowing that whatever gets thrown our way, I'm going to just deal with it. Um, and at the end of the day, I want to make sure that my athlete performs the best. Because as a coach, if you have self-doubt, I feel like your athletes will feel that self-doubt as well. So you have to make sure that as a coach, you give out this positive energy and if you're an athlete for example and you might be afraid to you know take a risk and uh enter yourself for this big competition if you have these thoughts just do it tell your coach i'm gonna do it have some people that's gonna keep you accountable um you know dive headfirst into it still make sure that you prepare for it um but at the end of the day if you've written your name down and you know you're gonna do it um then at least, you know, that is the first step in you making that imposter syndrome into a positive thing and not letting it negatively affect you. Um, And then secondly, I would say, if you are dealing with these negative thoughts and it's starting to become really, really bad, you know, again, take a pen and paper, write down those negative thoughts, write down what are your fears, um, and then also write down what is the worst case scenario? What can happen if, what's going to happen if you do this? Um, You know, no one's going to die. Nothing, you know, physically is going to happen to you. Um, It could just be you putting yourself out there and it can actually turn into a really amazing thing. And if it doesn't, you learn from it. Um, And then thirdly, what I would say is, you know, if it's something and you have absolutely no idea how to deal with it and it's just starting to cause a lot of anxiety and depression, you know, always seek professional help, go and see a sports psychologist, you know, go and see a mentor, go and see someone that maybe has dealt with this before and someone who's overcome it Um, because having that professional help can always just help you as a person. And sometimes you just need that extra person that's going to be there, even if it's someone that just listens to you or if it's someone pushing you to become a better person. Um, It might just be someone who's more successful than you and hanging out with that person will Help you become more successful as well.
0: Now, this is this was a great great episode, Mona. And I guess the topic that isn't we haven't touched on too much on the Sweet of Fighting podcast in terms of mental skills stuff. I think this is this must be the second episode because we've done two with you re- regarding this this stuff. But if people want to follow you and find you and learn more of, of your mental skills training and everything, where can they do that?
1: So on Instagram, you can go and look at my page at Strong by Mona. And then I'm also, um, you know, one of the head coaches at Lift Big Eat Big. So you can go onto our Lift Big Eat Big uh, uh, website. And then I'm also the owner of Helping Psychology. So you can find me in a few places. Um, I'm sure James will link the stuff below. Um, But yeah, the easiest way is probably get hold of me on Instagram, you know, send me a DM. Um, I always check, you know, my outbox and stuff too. So I'll get back to you.
0: Also, there'll be a link to Mona's uh, new mental skills newsletter down in the description too. So in that you can sign up uh, for that. We should be sharing a lot of different sports psychology, mental skills, all that kind of stuff straight to your inbox there. But thanks for coming on, Mona. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.